0: Best-selling author, public speaker, and performance coach Roy Red has helped several pro athletes, companies, organizations, and sports teams overcome
1: their mental blocks, reach their peak potential, increase their performance,
0: produce more results, and just have more fun in their life and business.
1: Bring me the energy, all right? the world, taking the, the world, I do want to Roy here, he works with a lot of top notch Indian athletes. He don't like to take, take it, and when I say it, but he's a motivational like I like, like, no, no man, Roy, you got me out of a few stores. Yeah. Whatever meaning you choose will determine what you experience. Super excited for this episode! We are going to be talking about how to get business to business clients and just clients, period, into your business without spending a whole bunch of money on paid ads. A lot of people say it takes money to get money, but I think that you have to learn how to get money without having money, and then when you get the money, you'll be able to get more money. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to get clients. With little to no money. Let's bring it in. Hi, everybody. It's Roy Red, five time best selling author, internationally recognized speaker, and your host of this show, The Entrepreneur Underdog, where we discuss fast acting secrets and shortcuts to help you win in life. In business so you can prove your haters wrong but in a positive what way today I'm super excited we have Alex Berman who I recently got caught on to his material maybe two three months ago ate up all of his YouTube videos bought his courses and he's really given me the keys to really grow my business to the next level and we're gonna give you guys those keys now on how we can do that. Alex, how you doing, brother? Who you at? Where you at? There he is. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. <laughs> thanks for coming on, man. I was super excited just to get a hold of you. And when you were just open to come on, I was super happy. I bought Email 10K, which I'm a speaker, and most of my business is speaking on stage and then selling from the stage. And so with your secrets that you're selling, that you talk about in Email 10K are really going to take my speaking business to another level, uh, doing uh, what I did psychologically, but adding your your um, systems and tactics and stuff that you teach in there really just is going to grow my business. So I just want to say thank you for that.
0: Yeah, of course. And thank you for joining. I, I really appreciate that as well. Um, I would check out, we did a video with this uh, woman, Maggie Cook, who is a consulting client of ours. She mm-hmm. sold her company to Campbell's though, and she's an internationally recognized speaker as well. Um, and there's there's this video that we posted where she shows the email scripts. Um, I think she closes $80,000 in speaking gigs, off of like two emails. Uh, no calls, needed, nothing. So I would check that out too if you want to search uh, Maggie that, Cook, Alex Berman on YouTube.
1: Oh, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out. I'll yeah. give away, we'll talk about it. I'll give away my actual yeah. uh, first initial email, which I s- add some of your stuff, which you t- taught me to be personalized, but Before we banter into that, just tell people who you are, what you do for the few people who don't know.
0: Sure. So I'm Alex Berman. I run a YouTube channel. That's my main thing. Uh, Sales training videos three times a week, but we also have a seven-figure lead generation agency. Uh, I run a a couple of SaaS companies like Botfuse is a chatbot company. That's pretty great. And then we have an education startup, which includes courses like what Roy was talking about, like. Uh, email 10k is our our flagship there which teaches you how to grow an agency from zero to ten thousand a month mm-hmm. without paid ads so that's email 10k.com
1: it's funny i got a group chat with my guys and we na- i named it 100k a month boys because mm-hmm. when i went through email 10k that was the first time where i was like wow i literally know what i need to do to scale to uh, 100k a month now like it's it, it kind of gives me anxiety just thinking about it. And it makes, I don't want to sleep because I want to do so much. I want to send those emails and do all of that stuff. Well, and it
0: hurts too. That's the thing. Like, okay, when you know exactly what to do uh-huh. and you literally have no excuses left, then you're just left with Work. your failures as a person. Literally, that's it. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I don't need another course. I don't yeah. need to do any. I just have to send some emails and then I actually make the money that I want to make. Mm-hmm. And then you have to like confront why you're not sending that. But then when you break through that, yeah dude nonstop.
1: (laughs) and something else you did is i always catch this little stuff is you um recommended a book um called the four disciplines of execution so i got the book and i read it and that book literally opened my mind up to everything because my mentor ed rush always says math plus marketing equals money and i kind of got it but after watching email team k watching you go through your math and then reading that book i go Okay, I actually get it now, I actually understand it now. And like you said, I have no excuses. I really just gotta do the work.
0: Yeah, it's um so the the big thing from that book I like is the lead measures versus lag measures. Yeah. Because most of us measure our life in things that we literally cannot control. So even mm-hmm. something as simple as I want to close hundred K a month mm-hmm. is actually a lag measure. You yeah. you could do a million things today and then end the day without having closed hundred K, mm-hmm. but so it, so it's not a lead measure. Yeah. But you could wait three weeks and close 100K based on all the work you did today. Exactly. Meaning you need to track your work based on the work that you're going to do to make the 100K, not making the 100K. That shouldn't be the – that's the lag measure. You're not going to be able to ever figure out if, if you have done the right stuff to get there. You're only going to be able to measure what you're doing right now, and then you you can only do the lag measure looking backwards.
1: Mm-hmm. And then learning what lead measures are and learning that I got to send out 200 emails a day, 1,000 emails a week, which – what I chose to be my lead measure um, leads me into my first question and pick your brain. Um, How do you kind of think about getting leads and uh, can you give us a few tactics on how to get leads for the people watching?
0: Sure. So the first thing you want to do is figure out who your client is Mm -hmm. and figure out what you're selling. So for instance, for Maggie and probably for you, when you go out to pitch your coaching, Mm-hmm. Wanted to figure out what her angle was wow. as an entrepreneur. So Maggie was basically female, uh, Latina. She had a background as an orphan in Mexico, grew up mm-hmm. in Mexico, came to America, like one of these like immigrant success stories. Mm-hmm. And so we we had to map that out together and then we were able to crunch it down. I don't remember the exact phrase, but it was like something, something um, okay. I don't remember the exact phrase, but mm-hmm. the target market that we went after was conferences that had expressed interest in having Latina business owners or female business owners. Mm-hmm. So by crafting our entire messaging around her story from that angle, yeah. it became mm-hmm. very, very obvious who the leads were. Yeah, because it was basically every conference is, is yeah. open to to that kind of speaker now. Mm-hmm. So that's why we were able to make so much money so fast with the emails. We were basically giving them exactly we, we were packaging her exactly how they wanted to see her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what I do, you know, tailor making that USP, the marketing side, but the promoting side of actually getting those leads um, after, you know, your target audience, then what, then what do I do from there? You know, I don't have a bunch of money. How can I reach out to those people strategically uh, that actually is effective?
0: Sure. So you're building a lead list. You go out, and you find a list of these conference organizers, you can basically do that by searching top conferences and then going to their websites manually and looking at who the the organizers are. A lot of the times they have the email addresses. For speakers, they have the email addresses already there. Mm -hmm. If they don't have the email address, you can use a free tool, something like Mm hunter.io, where you can put in a domain name and it'll guess the email address for you. Mm -hmm. Then once you've built out that list, then it comes time to send them an email Typically, I'll start with a uh, custom first line uh subject line typically I'll do like quick question actually works phenomenally well across yeah. industries so I'll say line, quick rate. question
1: <laughs> my first uh test seventy three percent open rate <laughs> Uh-oh.
0: what we wanna do from there is custom first line, so you know hey, saster big fan of the conference, been watching you guys for a long time. Mm-hmm. My name is Roy Redd. I'm an African-American uh, entrepreneur who started from zero to nothing. I've written three best-selling books and spoke at you know XYZ conference last year. Yeah. Would love to so That's literally all you have to say, dude. And then send that to like 200, 300 people and then you'll book 100K. <laughs> 100K. <laughs> It doesn't have to be crazy hard, you know what I'm saying? Uh huh. And
1: it's so easy. Um, it, uh, just you, the value you just gave, I might have to um, <laughs> put that on Patreon or something. I have to cut that out. I have to charge for that. Um, but and that was the power of email 10K for me because I was doing that manually and I had my uh, VA doing that for me, which worked. But now, um, I can scale and do a lot more. And especially in those countries to where um that are opening up like Dubai. Uh they got WorldCon going on there. And so I hired someone on Upwork Like You Teach to get every conference or event planner that fit my niche in there. And I reached out to that and um again, getting a lot of people coming through. Didn't close any deals on it, but it's only been a couple days. But yeah, man, that's just huge. Now
0: and have to I'd have to look at the um at the stats. Maggie killed it because her background is so cool. Like she got acquired by Campbell for one hundred and fifty million dollars. like you know, she was in Walmart. She has this crazy story. So okay. if your story can't be framed in a way like that, then you're gonna have less success as a speaker. Yeah. but you're still going to succeed as a speaker. Yeah. Um this is one reason why I don't do a lot of paid speaking gigs either is even at my level, mm-hmm. I feel like, if I was, if I was doing speeches, I wouldn't really have a story like Maggie's. You know what I'm saying? Like there is, I, I really believe in, and I'm, I'm assuming we believe the exact opposite of this. Uh I'm really believing that you got to increase your value as a person so much that people will listen to you talk about anything. So for instance, like if I wanted to, you know, if I was booking speakers and I booked Casey Neistat, Uh I wouldn't book Casey Neistat to talk about well, I would book him to talk about anything, right? Like uh-huh. there's not like a specific thing you would talk about. Or like Bill Clinton, you know, or like Guy Fieri. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's that's my whole vibe when it comes to paid speaking gigs. Yeah. But that's something to keep in mind. If you're not Guy Fieri, if you're not mm-hmm. somebody that they've heard about, then you really have to go in through the back door of, you know, we're looking for this type of speaker. I'm this type of speaker. Yeah. Let me in there. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you're doing it wrong. You're not really looking for this type of speaker, are you? <laughs> yeah.
1: And I have actually I have a course that talks about that. There, a guy like, well, I, I, I get paid now for speaking two, three, five, 10 grand, you know, um, uh, every now and then. But when I started out, that didn't happen. I had to get on stages for free and figure out how to tailor make my story and teach something like something you teach. And then at the end, say, buy my stuff. You know, you hop on and there's a thousand people in the crowd. They're all super qualified leads. You got their attention. And then at the end, you say, buy email 10K. Uh, at half off at 9 ninety seven and forty percent of them buy. you know that's kind of how I make most of my money as a speaker and but I actually use my book as a lead generator, but we'll talk about that later. So you get these people on the phone. I mean, you email these people, then you get let's say 10 to fifteen sales call a week. How do you go about closing them on this call? Like how do you talk to them? Um, are you nervous? Um, kind of what do you do when you sell them?
0: So it comes down to what you're selling because some stuff like speaking gigs, mm-hmm. if I were you selling speaking gigs, I would not talk to anyone on the phone. If you could pass it through your assistant yeah. or a fake assistant that you invent, you want to try to to hide in the shadows as much yeah. as possible. But yes, if you're selling any sort of service, typically the the process we go through mm-hmm. is book the initial call. Mm-hmm. Then after that call, you come up with a proposal. Then second call it goes through the proposal, and then typically contract call, third call, and and then close. Yeah. And I tend to go after deal sizes between. I mean, you could start at as low as two thousand dollars, but typically about ten thousand to a hundred fifty thousand is my yeah. sweet spot. Yeah. And I've, I mean, this has worked for million dollar deals as well. Um, we've closed major corporations using using these exact tactics too. So it scales all the way up. I just wouldn't use it for for anything under like two k. Yeah.
1: Can you get someone to pay that much through just email? I hear like over 2K, you got to get on the phone.
0: I mean, there is a video. The only reason I say that is because there's a video of Maggie closing 80K via email. No <laughs> call needed. Uh-huh. But anything's possible. Yeah. Typically, we do calls. <laughs> Typically, I do not sell via email only. Yeah. Unless something's super cheap. Like for BotFuse, right now it's 45 bucks a month. So it doesn't really make sense for you know, me or my co-founder, or anyone to really hop on calls yeah. unless we're doing like commission only salespeople. But even at 45 a month, you're not given a good commission to get an, any sort of reasonable salesperson to, to do that. Yeah. So with that kind of thing, it makes more sense to sell via inbound and to sell via email only. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on what you're selling.
1: Okay. Okay. Real quick. Uh, thank you for everyone who is on the live right now. We are talking to Alex Berman about how to get B2B clients without Paid ads, and he's just dropping gems about business in general how to get leads, how to close sales. Um, One thing I'm noticing just being on uh, the live with you, real quick, is you are super sharp, super smart, and know a lot about business. I could just super tell. Now, talk about a no brainer offer, real quick. You talked about that in the course and how you can use a no brainer offer to then transition. Someone into being a retainer client or or charging them more money just to prove to them that you know your shit.
0: So a no brainer, yeah, of course. A no brainer is exactly what it sounds like. It's an offer that they have to buy because it's a no brainer. So the first no brainer offer that I really saw success with was I was coming from a digital agency in New York City. I was the director of marketing there, and then the CEO allowed me to go out on my own. I was still doing marketing for them, and so our no brainer became. Me reaching out to other agencies Mm -hmm. in New York City, or agencies that had known about us, and I was offering them a marketing review where I would look at all of their marketing Mm -hmm. and just kind of tell them how they compared to us. You know, we were killing it in New York. Let me look at your marketing and show, and I'll look at everything you've tried in the past, tell you why it didn't work, Mm -hmm. and we'll plan out the future. And we were charging first; we charged two thousand for that. Then it was like six thousand, then eighty five hundred, and we were charging up to twelve thousand dollars for this review, which really was just Me, it was a Google Doc. We were selling for $12,000. Eventually, we started doing it as like a presentation because it needed to be more enterprise once we hit like 8,500, 12,000. But that's a no-brainer offer. You want to know what your biggest competitor is doing and you only have to pay $12,000 to do that? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and then, yeah, that was the upsell on marketing services where we would mm-hmm. sell them on anything uh, between four dollars and $20,000 a month of everything. So like Omnichannel lead gen, uh, le- LinkedIn lead generation, cold email, PR, podcast placements, all of that would come after the review. Mm-hmm. So we go through the no-brainer, which they bought because it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of it, there would be the upsells like if you want us to do all this stuff we just talked about, we can do all of it or we can do some of it, whatever you want, or you, you can do none of it. Yeah. And then he we can who, go away.
1: He who diagnoses the disease is trusted to provide the cure. Is mm-hmm. uh, I forget where I read that, but that's amazing. Now, when you do the... Omnis- no, and I think the
0: uh-huh. what you just... I, I know, I want to talk about what you just said in a second. Yeah, but what ahead, you just ahead. said about diagnosing the disease, I think, is so key. And if you could master that... You're actually going to do well the problem that most people run into is they don't actually diagnose the disease so for instance we're looking for cold callers for bot fuse like i said uh-huh. i was talking to multiple cold calling agencies uh-huh. one guy just said he was going to put a plan together all right first of all free plan so that's a red flag but second of all i was like yeah put the plan together and he sends the plan and it's just a boilerplate thing that sh- that didn't seem like he looked at bot fuse at all yeah. so If you're so that so imagine a doctor did that to you, like you come into your doctor, you're like, doctor, I have cancer. And then he's like, okay, let me put together the treatment plan. And he just hands you like some document. You know, it doesn't even look at you. Doesn't even like run a test to see if it's brain cancer or stomach cancer or what is it? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the vibe you're giving off if you're not actually studying these people's business before you come up with the plan. So it is key. Like, really think about it, like a doctor diagnosing a business. Mm -hmm. You're not just going to throw here's the SEO plan we give to everybody at somebody. Mm -hmm. You need to actually come up with a plan for every single customer, and that's why we charge twelve thousand for the review because I'm not going to do that for free. Yeah,
1: you're actually finding out what their issues are, diving in, and actually tailor-making it for them. There you go. You got a little froze there. Can you hear me? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. Uh. I want to get into your, your new YouTube channel, which was super cool. I was watching the episode... Um, where you just built out a um i'm i hope I'm allowed to say this you made a you coded like a thing so people can find domain names that fit like their idea browsedomains.com i was, Browse like, I, I was <laughs> like dude, that's so I was like that's so smart why don't why not think about stuff like that so i was i was trying to sit there and like come up with a cool idea so I could do that but um where do those ideas come from man do you just Are you just like, you know, have a problem and go, I got to get rid of this problem or does it just pop into your head? Uh, Do you have a a framework for coming up with ideas? How does does that happen?
0: Sure. So it's not a framework for coming up with ideas, but it's a framework for where I want my life to go this year. And basically at the beginning of the year, me and my co-founder were trying to get equity in a bunch of SaaS businesses. Mm -hmm. And we kept getting laughed out of the room. Or really, okay, we got laughed out of the room one time. The rest of the time we got ghosted by the people or turned down on the deals. They wouldn't even take our money. We tried to give 10000 dollars to one company. They didn't even want the money or give us equity yeah, or anything. Yeah. So what we realized, what I realized, what my co-founder Robert realized is we need to be seen as professional, like SaaS founders that are qualified. Yeah. Now we could either go the coaching guru route and you know write a book about it without ever doing it, or we could spend the next However long it takes building SaaS, that's why. So that's why we acquired fifty percent of Bot mm-hmm. which is a chatbot SaaS. That's mm-hmm. why I built Browse Domains for one hundred ninety dollars. Now I, you know, I'm actually working on another one right now uh, that's for building Twitter threads. It's a thousand dollars. But now, get now we have a suite of SaaS. You know what I'm saying? So by the end of the year, they're going to be coming to us mm-hmm. and offering us equity. <laughs> so that, that's what, that's where my idea. It doesn't have anything to do with the actual specific tools. It's more of like. I'm trying to change my perception in the industry. and That's awesome how you
1: finesse that. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. how can we get in here? How can we figure this out? And, you know, most people would have just stopped. Like, they're not letting us in. Forget it. Let's do something else. You were like, okay, why aren't they letting us in? And you figured it out. And now.
0: And I realized, well, I realized we're not qualified. I also realized Mm -hmm. you only get what you give. Like that, like that frigging 90s song. Meaning, why would they give me equity? If I never gave them equity, yeah. you know, why would they hype up my course if I never talked about their course? So I started, I, I started engaging with all of them on Twitter. I've mm. got a bunch of these SaaS founders on our uh, YouTube channel, like Sujin from Sujan Patel from Mailshake, uh, Gerem who runs Lemlist, uh, mm. Steli Fd who runs Close.io. Like I even had other course creators like the cold email wizard who runs a very specific or a very similar cold emailing course to ours, but it's mm. different in its ways. And so I'm, I'm just, tying everyone together (laughs) that's where the ideas come from it's not really about i want to create something it's more about i need to do this thing so what needs to actually happen in my life so that everyone starts treating me the way i want to be treated (laughs) that's
1: awesome i love that and like that's kind of the theme of this show is like guys who feel you know their family don't understand just starting out they're an entrepreneur they're you know uh this son's a doctor this son's a lawyer oh what does john do uh, i don't know he's like does business or something like that even though he makes more money than than the other Well guys. that's what I learned is you
0: can't go for respect <laughs> cuz my mom and my both my parents were entrepreneurs yeah and what was weird is i felt that they respected me more when i made when i was just starting an entrepreneurship or just made my first like whatever even like 7 a month. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like that was the maximum parent respect I got. And then it's just been going it's just been on a downward trend from there.
1: <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. Don't go for respect. So you
0: can't chase – yeah, you can't go after it. You can't chase any respect or anything because it's not real, first of all. Uh, you know, I know my mom loves me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just, just because I'm not getting that vibe from her <laughs> right this second.
1: Yeah. Mm, that's huge. I, I got to think about that. I got to think about that. Re- referral business and reviews, how do you go about thinking about that? And do you have an email sequence for that? Or do you have a system for follow-up business or or, um, or um, getting referrals?
0: Sure. So not necessarily referrals. What I try to do is build a snowball of testimonials and everything, mm-hmm. because I know that that attracts referrals on its own. So what I'll typically do is we wait until the customer is absolutely hyped up with the with the service. So for X27, for a lead gen agency, normally that's after the first month. Uh, if if they win, so like 80% of our clients succeed and 20% of our clients we end the deal with because we only want 100% client success, right? We don't want to work with somebody who we're not winning for. But yeah. those 80% get wins like, you know, like one of our clients closed a $50,000 deal in the first 30 days. Another one closed a $100,000 deal in the first 30 days. So when that happens, then we interview them and we we get the testimonial from them yeah. um so that's that's the way you just wait till like the period of absolute maximum hypage. and it's similar in the course um well there's there's other. so that's for service of business for the courses it's a little different mm-hmm. sometimes um, we're working on this more uh we'll add trip wires for the testimonials meaning and this isn't an email 10k yet but we, we're about mm-hmm. to put it live yeah. there's a there's going to be a section in email 10k where mm-hmm. it's like do you want an exclusive cold calling course worth $200. All you have to do is record a video or tweet about your success with email 10K and you can have this course for free. And then what happens is everyone's talking about you, then you you get more clients automatically. And people won't even think uh, twice to refer you because they're already making testimonials.
1: Yeah, that's huge. That's really smart because I actually saw that. And when I read it, I was like, oh, geez. I was like want a comment under there, like, yeah, we, we should get it for free. And, um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to grind and Saki hit you with a testimonial, um, an epic testimonial, because that's. Oh, because you're talking
0: about in the post in the group. So that was actually not even the cold call course. We're rebuilding a cold email course uh, with a smaller offer based on what's working on money Twitter. Because my last two weeks, I've been digging deep into the Twitter channel. Uh And I found out they all use Gumroad for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) But all their offers are priced. It's like a $250 course marked down to $125 for like Mm -hmm. one week only. So I don't want to sell email 10K for that because it's Mm -hmm. a $1,000 course. But I can create the ultimate cold email course, which blows everyone in that market away and launch that through affiliates and do the sold. So that's, that's the whole reason I'm thinking about it that way.
1: You know, what's up with money Twitter, man? My friend of mine has the uh, most sold options course and he sold like thousands and thousands of this course through money Twitter. And he sells it like $45, $47, mm-hmm. but if so many people buys it. I'm like, dude, I, how did you how did you scale that? He's like Twitter and Gumroad.
0: I'm like, it's oh. see. Okay, here's here's what I learned because I asked yeah. this on my Twitter. So for first of all, what I did was I pinged uh, Black Hat Wizard, who's really cold email wizard, who basically has the most successful cold email course on Twitter. I think he's like top five on Gumroad all time. But his course is just literally our free content from YouTube plus some of his insights repackaged. Yeah. So I thought for a long time that. He wouldn't want people to know about me. But then I hit him with the full community bomb. You know, you only get what you give. I talked about how great his course is. Uh Then he started following me. Then everybody on Money Twitter started following me. Mm -hmm. So then what I was able to do is target all of their followers via ads to get them to follow me back on Twitter. And I was able to add 2,000 followers in about five days on our Twitter account, which I only had like 1,500 or 2,000 people on my Twitter account. And then uh, from there, Mm -hmm. now we're just continuing to grow it because what I learned – okay. But back to the Gumroad thing. What I learned about money Twitter specifically, mm-hmm. the reason why everyone uses Gumroad is because everybody that has bought a course on Gumroad has their credit card saved for one-click checkouts on Gumroad. So if you buy the Cold Email Wizards course, then you see, you know, like uh, an Instagram Mastery course, you'll buy it in one click. Especially if it's under a hundred or it's under two hundred bucks, you have like a few minutes. So. That's that's why. <laughs> so yes, our our new course, Cold Email University, unannounced, will be launched <laughs> on Gumroad. I already own ColdEmailUniversity.com. dot com. That's why I'm able to talk about it like <laughs> like that without someone sniping it. But it's going to be launched on Gumroad. It's going to fit the exact pricing criteria, and we're going to test it out. And hopefully, we make you know 100k. Hope I, I, I hope. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, it's going to be available for free for all the email 10k guys because that's just right. Yeah. It really is just right. Yeah,
1: I will. <laughs> You Better than me, I would have charged and, and I also would have bought it because <laughs> I'm
0: doing the only get what you give, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's cool, man. So, are you well, because I'm well. oh, on Instagram you, watching? Are you mobile? How do you, you know, you just kind of live the life, travel, and then just sit down at your laptop?
0: Yeah, so I'm based in Las Vegas, this is my home studio here. Okay. Uh, I've been here for about four months. I'm probably done here in about 30 days <laughs> and then going global again. Yeah. I I don't really like being tied down to a location. So I'm just kind of doing whatever. Um, on my – yeah, I'm traveling a lot too. Sometimes I'll go hang out in Orlando. Sometimes I'm in LA. Yeah. It's really whatever. I might go to Puerto Rico next week. I
1: don't know. <laughs> well, uh, don't tell me you're going to be like one of those guys.
0: <laughs> I'm not. But one of my friends, I was just hanging out with him last night and he was like – here's this building dude it's four hundred fifty thousand dollars. it makes twelve thousand a month should i buy this alex it's in puerto rico and i was like uh, i don't know (laughs) i don't know anything about puerto rico (laughs) but everyone's going to puerto rico and he's like come out and check this building out and let me know what you think and now i have to go to puerto rico i think i think i have to go i don't have to do anything but i might go to puerto rico
1: (laughs) y'all the gurus are going there like even my mentor uh Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is it's like a tax thing or something but
0: Old. It but, is. Um, I don't yeah, I don't know. I'm on the fence about Puerto Rico. I like Nevada. Nevada's got no state tax. I'm also homesteaded in Florida. Miami. So I'm I'm in Orlando like 50% of the time, which is also no state tax.
1: I love LA, man, but they're they're destroying this place mm-hmm. badly. Yeah. Um, talk about your cryptocurrency, man. How did that happen?
0: Okay. Well, so Talk about my cryptocurrency. So, on the other channel, Crazy Money, mm-hmm. which was an investing channel, I basically started it because I was getting super obsessed with investing. And I realized I had all this cash and didn't, and I was just putting it in like index funds and stuff. So, I started this channel, Crazy Money, where I got into like options trading and mm-hmm. uh, crypto and all this, all these things. Mm-hmm. And I posted this random video about, they're called shit coins, right? Yeah. There was this coin called Shib that went from, you know, 0. 0.00001 whatever, very, very Mm -hmm. small coin to very, very large in about four months. It went from a $5 million market cap to like a $4 billion market cap. So there are people that got into SHIB early and turned something like $17 into 5 million, right? If you run that math. So what I I did was I was trying to find what the next SHIB was because I knew, like I bought SHIB, you know, after all this happened. But I was like, what's the next SHIB? So we found this coin called Hanzo Mm -hmm. and I put nothing in. I put like $600 in. Mm -hmm. and posted about it on Crazy Money. The community reached out to me. The CEO tweeted it out of Hanzo. And it turns out they're this like hungry, thriving community of people trying to hype up this coin and make it the next SHIB. And actually the CEO of Hanzo is the director of marketing, former marketing lead for SHIB. Oh, wow. So he's like, now it's his turn, you know what I'm saying? Like he's ready to go. And so I bought 1500 more Shib, 1500 more dollars in Shib. So I own 15.4 billion Shib. Mm-hmm. And I I'm I'm in it, dude. I'm hyping it up, I'm making memes. I'm the top influencer of Shib. I'm selling it to all my friends. If you guys want to or of uh, Hanzo, I'm selling it to all my friends. If you guys want to buy Hanzo, you can. <laughs> and what I think is it's a good thousand x coin. That's why I'm into it because what I wanted to look for, um, the reason why I picked Hanzo, mm-hmm. is I wanted a coin that had a very small market cap. Mm-hmm. So the the entire market cap of Hanzo is only 15 million dollars, mm-hmm. meaning it looks like shit. So if Hanzo gets to you know the middle level of shit coin fame, which is a two to four billion dollar market cap, then my two thousand dollars will be two million dollars. Yeah. And so I'm down to waste $2,000 on that. Probably going to go to zero. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could talk about it like it's so hype. Probably going to go to zero. I don't really care. You know, like, I spent more than that on this watch. You know, it's like, who gives a fuck?
1: (laughs) Man, I'm right behind you. That's smart. That's, That's really, really smart. All right, brother. So this is kind of the part of the show where we jump into what I call the red zone, where I hit you with five fast acting questions that usually are kind of hard for people like us to answer. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's all right, Alex, what's your favorite book and why?
0: My favorite book is Onward by Howard Schultz. Okay. So Howard Schultz is the CEO of Starbucks. And this book was the second book he wrote after he came back to Starbucks after letting another CEO run it for like five years. Yeah. And it's all about how to actually rebuild your business into something great. And he rebooted Starbucks from like a failing company into what it is today basically mm-hmm. and talks about it through this book. And I love that because I always feel like I'm in a Howard Schultz mode because I run an agency with the CEO, like Robert's the CEO of the agency. I'm the chairman. Yeah. So I feel like every once in a while I go in and I have to Howard Schultz it like every six yeah. months. Like for instance, what I was talking about with the 80% client's success rate, yeah. Robert and uh, was cool with that. He was like, yeah, dude, 20% of our clients don't succeed. And like, how do we like, fix that? Like, no, how- so I had to Howard Schultz it. I was like, bro, why don't we, Either give a refund or make it very easy for those clients to cancel, and then only focus on the successful clients, and then we can charge them way more money because they're succeeding. And so, like that's that's the type of stuff that that I like doing is shaking things up, Howard Schultz style. So I like onward. (laughs) It's my favorite book.
1: I would check that out. Uh, What's your favorite quote or quote you live by, and why?
0: Quote I live by the the first one that comes to mind is from Four Agreements. And it is be true to your word. Always be true to your word. Meaning, if you say you're going to be somewhere at a certain time, be there. If you say to yourself that you're going to act a certain way, act that way. If you say to yourself you're going to do something, you do it. You be true to your word. And I remember when I was in college, I was procrastinating so hard on entrepreneurship. Like I had all these business ideas. And then I remember reading The Four Agreements. And I was just like, what am I doing? You know, so one night... I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and I just wrote on this notep- notebook, I wrote, trust yourself. Meaning if I have an idea, then the next day if I think the idea is trash, why would I trust the me that thinks it's bad if one, if at one point me thought it was good? You know what I'm saying? Like go, go with the guy that thinks yeah. it's hyped up and then execute on the idea and then judge whether it's bad or not after like a couple of weeks. Don't just keep throwing the ideas out. Yeah. So that's it. Be true to your word. If you say you're going to be a business owner, Start a business. You know what I'm saying? If you say like, if you say you're gonna make a movie, go make a movie. Yeah. Stop lying to yourself. You're just hurting yourself, yeah. and it goes for everything else. Like I showed up on time to this podcast as soon as I found the link. Yeah. We showed up. Like literally, you sent no calendar invite for two yeah. weeks. I'm still here. You know because that's being true to the true to your word. Yeah,
1: and that and that takes taking responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. I want to stop there real quick. That moment when you when you said you procrastinated because. I struggle with this, and a lot of people struggle with this. And uh, one thing I found that helped me with it was be true to your word, but also don't give your word to stuff. Because I want to do everything, and when people want help, I want to help everyone. So I give my word to stuff I shouldn't give my word to. But what was your change? What was it? Your habits. What what flipped for you in on the and the with your with your lead measures, your actions, your daily actions.
0: Okay, that one specifically, I don't remember. I I only remember the idea because I acted on it. It was I wanted to create a podcast that was all about talking to indie musicians and musicians about their songs, like what came into it. So that was the idea. Then I wrote Trust Yourself. So then the next day I woke up and I put together, I was like, all right, my main thing is not doing the work. I think my issue is I just don't know what work to do. So I sat down and wrote out. Day one, I'm going to do this. Day two, I'm going to do this for 45 days. I wrote out the yeah. 45 day plan for this podcast and we ended up launching it. I had some big name guests on it or big name in the time. They're probably forgotten now, like Fishboy and like some random indie musicians that I liked at the time. And we basically got it going. What the, the fatal flaw that I had though was I didn't write make 45 more days of this plan in the plan. Yeah. So by day 45, I was sick of the business and we'd. You yeah, know, I ended up actually selling it on like Flippa for 20 bucks. Or something. <laughs>
1: dope, dope, dope. Um, would you rather be loved or respected?
0: Loved? I don't think respect is real, dude. Yeah. I, I actually oh, barely true. think love is real. Okay. <laughs> um, I think everyone's all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's people I love right now. Uh-huh. But like if you hit me on the wrong day, I might say something bad about them. Uh-huh. So how do they know from the outside whether I love them or not? So I, I, I think all of that's super relative.
1: So I somehow got positioned into helping people with mental health because I worked with athletes. That was my; those were my first big ten k a month clients, uh, athletes who just needed help with confidence and stuff like that. And so somehow I got pushed in a position into writing a mental health book and helping mental health people. And they get so pissed when I tell them depression isn't real. <laughs> and they don't need therapy. I'm like, hold on! I'm telling you, you're great. I'm telling you, you're amazing. Why are you arguing with me when I'm telling you that you're awesome? That you just are probably procrastinating or not doing something that you really want to do in life. And that's the reason why you feel that way. It's the feeling. This
0: is the most messed up thing. Because I feel this, I feel like the start of depression all the time. So like I'll wake up Mm -hmm. and I'll have like, you know, make four videos and then I'll be like, I don't really feel like making four videos. And then like I think for a second like, oh, I could just like chill for a day. And sometimes I do. I -hmm. chill for the day. And then the next day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like making videos. Mm -hmm. I found that that feeling of depression lasts exactly as long as so you start until i work. make the videos as, too, as soon as i make the videos i'm hyped you know? <laughs> so what i've found there is exactly what you're talking about like yeah. do the thing and then you're not depressed anymore because depression really is or that feeling of depression is really procrastination no yeah.
1: because your brain rewards you for doing stuff that is good for you so when you start working norepinephrine, dopamine, all this stuff starts kicking in. Same with the gym. People are like, we're so disciplined in the gym. Every day I don't feel like doing it. But when I hit that first set of pushups, man,
0: I'm good. Well, it's to not believing. You. Your, yeah. It's not believing yourself either. So for instance, like uh, another one on the depression one, like I get in these loops where I think that everyone hates me or I, I, or actually, no, you know what the biggest lie is? The biggest lie that I tell myself is I don't feel like hanging out tonight. Yeah. Meaning, like, my friends are going out, you know, clubbing or going out to the strip. You know, I'm in yeah. Vegas, and I tell myself, you know what? I've had enough social time. I don't need to go out. <laughs> and what I've found is that's actually a lie because when yeah. I do go out, I have fun. Yeah. But my brain wants me to stay in here you know it wants yeah. me not to hang out with people and i think actually our brains or at least my brain is wired in the default state to make me depressed and sad yes yeah. <laughs> so exactly. it's it, you can't believe what you're telling yourself exactly
1: that's what a uh, Pressfield called resistance in uh the war of art um if you could spend 24 hours with anybody who's ever lived in history who would it be and why
0: okay so first one that came to mind was steve jobs just because, what's he talking about? You know. What? Well, okay. I think I would learn more from Steve Jobs. I would actually probably have the most fun hanging out with someone like Howard Hughes. Yeah. Uh, first guy, I think he was the first guy to crack a billion dollars. Fully insane, maniac. Locked himself in a hotel room for six months, or <laughs> grew his nails all like crazy, dude. I would hang out with Howard Hughes. I would hang out with Steve Jobs to learn business. And if it has to be someone living, I would hang out with Ted Turner because he's like the new age Howard Hughes, crazy billionaire guy. He's doing like buffalo farming right now. Uh He started Time Warner. You know what I'm saying? Like Uh he's the guy, dude. (laughs) CNN. And now he's doing buffaloes.
1: Yeah, Steve. Steve is just so epic. I I actually got to see his office at Next. And I was just like, I could just feel the energy in there. Like, yo, this dude is different um last I got month. a. I have a yeah, next computer yeah. shirt. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
0: yeah. Like from business land. Out whatever, nineteen ninety three.
1: How do you get kicked out of your company and just go start another billionaire company? Like, like, who are you, bro? Like, what are we talking about?
0: For real, though, we can learn it. So this is one thing that, like, I was talking about what I'm doing this year. What I I sat down or whatever, like, sat, I was probably walking around. Yeah. I was walking around and I was thinking, like, okay. If I was a billionaire and I lost everything and I was me now, like I'm a billionaire in the future that was sent back in time. So I don't have any money, any connections in or anything. What would I try to do to get the billion dollars back as fast as possible? And as soon as I ask myself that, it became very, very clear what I needed to do, bro. Yeah. It's like build a couple software companies to get hype. You know, either raise money via equity crowdfunding or via venture capitalists by making connections on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Create some kind of app or software that can become a billion-dollar software. Yeah. Push it either to get acquired by a major company or IPO it. Billion, billion. you know, it's like done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, if you ask, you shall receive. That that's it. That's it. Yeah, or
1: roll, roll up a bunch of private companies and take them uh, public. You know,
0: um. Well, that one, the roll up a bunch of private companies, seem like a lot of hard work to do. because. Yeah. Well, that, exactly. I'm trying to do a billion, you know, in a year. not really trying to be like, that's the way I'm thinking. Cause it's like, if you get a, let's say we build a lead generation platform, which we're working on something right now and we get acquired by someone like Salesforce or we get acquired by someone like Zoom Info and they give us even 15 to $20 million in stock. Then I use my skills that I've learned from hyping up this shit coin to drive the stock to the moon. There's a billion right there. Billish. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, life's not hard. I just want, I just (laughs) just want a wife and a and a hundred million dollars. That's it. (laughs) No big deal. We'll get there.
0: Um, Yeah. Well, it shouldn't scare you either. Like, I know maybe I'll hit a billion, maybe I won't. But like, literally the the plan's there. It's my fault if I don't hit it at this point. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's,
1: It's. You just yeah, that's true. That's facts. What is success to you?
0: What is success? I don't know, man. I don't think like that anymore. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm just living. I've been I've been chilling now for like six years. You know, I was doing movies for a while. I was doing YouTube. I was running these agencies. Like, I feel like I'm I'm successful enough already. I don't know. There's no real definite I think okay. Success is freedom. It's being able to do whatever you want. You want to go to Puerto Rico? You don't have to tell your boss. That you're going, you want to live on a cruise ship for two months like we did, you know, two years ago.
1: Yeah,
0: you can. You want to go to Japan? Fly to Japan tonight. That's that's real success to me. And then there's the other stuff like you know, family. And you said you wanted a wife and all this stuff. I think for me, that's later. You know, I'm 29 right now. My dad had me when he was 51 years old. Yeah, 1991. I was part of his second family. So it's like. If there's, if I want a family, if I want any of that stuff, I could have a kid at 51. You know, that's 20, that's 22 years from now. That's true. I can't even remember 22 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like I was probably seven years old or something. (laughs)
1: Like the great philosopher Alex Berman says, you get that (laughs) fuck you money. (laughs) That's all I want. I just want to just (laughs) tell people to fuck out. Uh, It is what it is. Yeah. No, oh. I think it's
0: real. I think I think the key to this is like, okay, so I was at this pizza restaurant last night and one of my friends, he's going to be a billionaire in the future, Mark. Uh, he, We bought this pizza. It was like 49 bucks for this pizza. And it was a really long line. And he was like, all right, what if I try to sell this pizza to somebody in line? Mm-hmm. So he went out and it was a $49 pizza. I had paid for it. Mm-hmm. And he sold it to somebody for a hundred dollars in line. And he handed me the hundred. And he was like, Here's, here, Alex, I doubled your money. And I said, Bro, I just wanted some pizza. And I was hungry.
1: <laughs> that's how he thinks, man. God. That's well,
0: no, that's that's real success. Success is I don't care about the money. I just wanted the pizza. Yeah, I was hungry, dude. Oh, no. There you go.
1: Yeah, he wanted he wants that bread, though. That's why he's gonna get a billy.
0: I know he's killing it, dude. He's really he's really gonna do good. But I'm but that's real success. Like
1: <laughs> I don't
0: I don't need money for the pursuit of money. I don't need anything really for the for for the actual tangible thing. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to do things to see whether I can do them. Like if Hanzo, if I make a million bucks off Hanzo, that'd be so sick. Be you good. know what I'm saying? That'd be so cool. Be <laughs> good.
1: I'll watch that YouTube episode <laughs> over and over like, golly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, man. Yo, thank you for your time. What are you working on? What do you, you know, pit something? Where can they find you? I got your, um, your Instagram handle under you. Is that the same as your Twitter handle?
0: Twitter handle, no, it's Alex Berman, A-L-X-B-E-R-M-A-N. If you want to see my latest stuff, I would check out the YouTube channel. You can just go to alexberman.com. It'll go directly to the YouTube channel. If you want to join the course, you want to start your agency, go from zero to 10K a month as quickly as possible, check out email10k.com.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for, thank you for your courses. Thank you for everything. You're going to take me to seven figures for sure, for sure. And um, thank you for uh, just all it takes, this. dude. Yeah. Just hang, just hang out
0: with more people like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's so many people in this community. You know it through this podcast, mm-hmm. but like,
1: yeah.
0: Start, start, start expanding your mind. It's crazy. Like I, okay. Last, I know we're trying to wrap up. No, no. Last thing was <laughs> No, go. My uh, okay. So my mom and and my dad invented colored latex gloves. Uh-huh. They're millionaires many many times over. Uh-huh. And I found out that I had never really asked my mom anything when it came to money this whole time. Mm -hmm. So when I was first starting investing, starting crazy money, I got this idea. I'm gonna put $6,000 into options with the gap because Kanye is gonna launch his new gap line and it's gonna blow up. And I thought, you know, is this risky? This is what I was thinking. Is this risky? I know options trading is crazy. What if it goes to zero? And so I told my mom, I was like, or I asked my mom, I was like, should I put $6,000 in a gap option? What would you do? Mm -hmm. And she said, it's only $6,000. So what I realized is, so I was like, what's your normal investment amount? Well, how do you think? And she's like, well, if I'm just doing something crazy, it'll be like 25K in, you know, and if I really believe in something, it'll be like 100K in. So that, that's the main thing. Like I was thinking like $6,000 was a lot of money Yeah. and only, and it was only by talking to somebody who $6,000 was not a lot of money that I had the confidence to even put that much money in and it might go up, it might go down. I don't really care, yeah. but it might be 60K, you know, <laughs> But that that's what i'm that's what I'm saying, like you surround yourself with people, mm-hmm. maybe people already in your life, maybe people not in your life that are that are at this higher level, and they're gonna be thinking at this higher level, like one of my friends, his dad owns like a, maybe thirty restaurant franchises, uh-huh. and the way he thinks about stuff is like the dad will will go out and he'll be like, "Yeah, I need to make this happen. It's mm-hmm. you know fifteen million dollars to take over this entire town with you know." in and out Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i just need 15 million let me go get a loan have you would you ever think to do that (laughs) (laughs) not at all exactly it's crazy to
1: say that because it's just been happening i don't know if if it's been kind of happening to me like a buddy of mine uh created this um created like this code or like this this software to where if you're going to call like the DMV, what do you hate about it? You hate waiting on the damn phone, talking to a robot. So the he created a robot that, that gets a person on the phone. And then as soon as the person's on the phone, it connects you. And then like eight months ago, he started making like a hundred grand a month on this thing. He's like yeah. telling me, he's like, I'm going to scale this to a billion. And I'm like, bro, I got to get my shit together. <laughs>
0: Dude, that's all it takes. And yeah. it's no, it's just like leveling up like. I mean, I'm in Gap, right? I'm a Gap investor. Mm-hmm. The, one of the reasons why I like Gap is Kanye West. Yeah. He went fifty million dollars in debt at one point. Everyone in the media made fun of him, like, know. dude, Kanye is really falling apart. Dude. he's crazy. He's fifty million dollars in debt. Eight months later, he was a billionaire. I think he's he's one of the richest black people in America. He's like top fifteen or top twenty, like richest person in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> He's a genius, man. He's a genius. He's a genius, but also like everyone hates on that. Like if I said out loud, I'm going to go $15 million into debt, 99% of people would say, you're you're dumb. Fake. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but then that guy that did that is now yeah. worth $50 million. You know, Kanye, who did $50 million in debt, is now worth a billion. So there really is something to putting it all on the line and actually yeah. reaching for those major – Things that you think are so out of the so out of your control because you don't have the money. What you find is the money is there. Yeah. The money is there if you have the idea and you sell it the right way. The money is there. Trust yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a book.
1: <laughs> hey man, I'll, I'll I'll write the forward. <laughs> <laughs> you better write a book though one day. One day. Just we're
0: do- we're working on one right now. Okay. That's um a cold email one. I'm actually talking to the. I'm I'm co-writing it with this ghostwriter cuz I realized that I was never going to write a book if I didn't talk to somebody about it. Um but it's it's the ultimate guide to cold email. Kind of what's in Email 10k, uh-huh. but more for like the book reading audience. <laughs> so I don't know cuz what I found is there's no cross-pollination between anything. Like I didn't know the Twitter guys existed. Twitter guys don't really follow YouTube. YouTube guys don't really follow Facebook. Facebook is in a different realm than LinkedIn and books are just in a whole different yeah. realm than than everything else. Yeah. So Books were the next step. So I'm working, on, I'm actually working on a cold email book only because, okay, year long plan, multi-year plan, mm-hmm. cold email book had to be the first book before I could write a book like trust yourself or write any of this stuff. Cause you need that initial, like you need the, the entire world to see you as known for something, something. before you're known as like the hype guy. Yeah. <laughs> but most entrepreneurs do, do it backwards. Like Eric Sue went out and wrote his book leveling up as yeah. a business success story. Uh, he's another YouTuber uh, agency owner. Good, good guy, acquaintance of mine. <laughs> but he wrote this book, Leveling Up, as a business success story before he had written a book that put him in the mind of the public as an expert. Yep. And actually, maybe this is an edgy example or not, but the the actual, like, the one who had the greatest book ride who I actually look up to is Donald Trump. His first book wasn't how I made millions of dollars doing whatever. His first yep. book was Art of the Deal, literally a how-to guide on how to negotiate deals yeah so you write a how-to guide then you can start writing books on whatever crazy nonsense you want because you're known as whatever the first thing is
1: yeah that was a mistake i made my first book was the success magnet cultivate the five eyes that attract success and i was like getting all this hate and i'm like what but it ended up being my most sold it sold a bunch in india i don't know why india loves personal development so much but that was my mistake and and I had made the money from a CPR business because I was a paramedic and then I started teaching people CPR classes and stuff like that. But you don't know that unless you read the book. So I would give people the book and they're like the success magnet. What, what, what are you going to teach me about being successful? Yeah. It's like, And imagine your
0: first book was just, imagine your first book was a guide to CPR. Yeah. And it was a best-selling guide on CPR. Then you write the success book. Yeah. Now everyone knows you a a CPR guy. That's why
1: you need mentors. God,
0: no, no. (laughs) (laughs) This took me so long to figure out, dude, for real. (laughs) And and the only reason I figured it out is because I was thinking like I wanted to write a book about the future, like crypto and all this shit. Uh And I was thinking like, why would anyone read this? Nobody knows who I am. I need to get more famous before I write crazier books. Best way to get famous is how to book. You know, it was a not success book, unless you're someone like the guy who invented the secret, you know, like, unless you have some new thing that no one's ever heard about at the time, you know, a rich dad, poor dad, but you're not going to, you're not going to get major worldwide recognition and fame by writing a book that's anywhere close to anything anyone's done before.
1: That damn book, dude, that thing killed so many dreams. People just thinking about what they're going to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just at an event and he was talking I, he's on to something else now. He doesn't even talk about the secret anymore. Roy,
1: <laughs> what's, what's up? Bob Proctor or something like that.
0: I think, yeah. Bob, no, no, Bob Proctor might be someone else. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. The um, that's 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 it, dude. That's all it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, there it is. Got my lead measures, and um, I'll sing you my lags because they're gonna be great. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And um, if you need anything, holla at me.
0: Yeah, sounds good. And same post in the uh, post in the community. Let me look at your scripts and stuff. I'm down to to tear them down.
1: Okay, cool, man. And I'm gonna go check out what was that? Uh, what was her name again? The speaker,
0: Maggie Cook. M A G I E Maggie. Cook.
1: And Alex Burman. Yeah, my whole initial email is just- Maggie's
0: a Maggie's a badass dude. If any if anyone's worth meeting for you mentorship wise, it would be Maggie. I don't even think she does like a program or anything. She's just yeah. chilling in Mexico right now.
1: <laughs> well, uh, maybe later I'll be like that, but like right now, I, l- I want to work hard. Like I want to yeah. work my face off right
0: now. You know? that's how I feel too. It's like what because I've already been retired. I know what being retired is like. You know, like making movies to me was like the retirement phase. Yeah. And now I'm like coming back to business. The, the reason I'm on, this is, I think the first podcast, maybe first or second podcast I've done in about eight months. Yeah. Like I, I have not been engaged at all with the content creation process, yeah. but just the last couple of weeks, you know, getting back into it, realizing what the community is and using it. It's, it's, it's fun, dude. It's, it's fun. And it's like, I thought I wanted to be an artist mm-hmm. realize, and I realized I wanted to be a success not an artist, right? I wanted, the reason why I wanted to be an artist was for fame and recognition. In general, I didn't really want fame and recognition as a movie maker or fame and recognition as like a singer, you know what I'm saying? I just want the fame and recognition. So I might as well go with the hype, go with the thing that people are actually listening to me on. Like no one wants to hear me you know, make a uh, – no one wants to see me paint a paint a beautiful painting. People want to see me talk about emails. So let me talk about emails. <laughs> let me see if I can broaden that audience. And then if I want to paint stuff, I can still paint stuff.
1: Yeah, man. That's sick. That's sick. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for everybody who stayed on the live. We had a bunch of people come in throughout. Different, there's still two people on. Um, real quick, just last question. What's what's so with NFTs? Do you, do you believe in that thing? Is it hype?
0: Yeah, I think so. But if you can get an NFT for like 99% off, like one of my friends who I just got to buy some Hanzo, he owns a LeBron top shot and it's 70% off of it, of what he paid for it. So I was like, if it gets to 99% off, let me know. I'll pay 200 bucks for this LeBron top shot. You know what I'm saying? It's going to hit in like 20 years. But yeah, I think NFTs are a major scam for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, hey, there it is. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you and make sure you go follow Alex, uh, get everything, get everything, (laughs) get everything he has. And, um, whatever I learned from him, I'll be tailor making it for speakers and adding it to the, uh, speaker course as well, guys. Thank you and peace.